This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Kate Andrews. Now today the big announcement is Richie Sinek's plans to ban all disposable vapes. Katie, what's the thinking behind this policy? So this dates back to that time when Richie Sinek was depicting himself as the change candidate and he gave a speech at Tory party conference where he said he was going against the status quo. That was before bringing David Cameron back. Now, of course, I won't get into why that is still compatible with change, according to some, but effectively use three big policy announcements to try and point to this. The first being scrapping HS2, the second being ditching A-levels with the introduction of something much more like the International Baccalaureate, something which isn't happening yet, but they would consult on. So that would be, you'd have to win another term to do. And then make trying to create a smoke-free generation. Now, This policy originates from New Zealand, where the Labour Party said that they would do it. However, since they lost power and a new Conservative government came in, this has now been scrapped. That has not put Rishi Sunak off. And when that announcement was made, they always said they'd do a consultation on vaping and the impact it's having on children. So this is it returning. And what the government is now proposing is, as you say, a ban on disposable vapes, which they see as the the most corrosive, problematic when it comes to children and children use of vapes. And then also looking at new powers to restrict vape flavours. So that could be, for example, to think pink lemonade is just a bit too tantalising. You could have the health secretary and others saying, no, just lemon. (laughs) (laughs) Blue raspberry, no. Raspberry, yes. We're not quite sure how that would work yet. And then also changing how vapes are displayed in shops so that they don't appeal to children. So I think you'll see, um, you know, just as in if you think about smoking packaging and how it's now made to look as unattractive as possible, a similar thing there. And also part of this relates to all these shops which sell vapes, which don't really sell other things and how it's licensing us. So this is what's come back to. And, in, and the argument the government's making is that, you know, recent figures have showed the number of children using vapes in the past three years has tripled and uh, 9% of 11 to 15-year-olds now use vapes. So they think this is the time to act. And with it, Rishi has also recommitted to his plan to make it so if you were born on or after the 1st of January 2009, they want to make it so you can never buy cigarettes. And that will all come uh, in a vote, be a conscience vote, so they won't be whipping and probably next month. And Kate, you're not uh, too much of a fan of these proposals. Katie just highlighted so much of the humour around this. And you have to laugh because otherwise you'd cry because it's it's so incredibly disappointing when we just talk about basic liberties, what's happening here. But, you know, this, this idea that the government's going to start picking and choosing which vape flavours can hit the shelves. The idea that the way of addressing the fact that vapes are illegally being sold to children is to crack down on products that are meant for adults. You know, none of this really adds up. And you can see how muddled the press releases from the government. It'd be one thing if they were making the disposable vape argument from the environmental perspective. And 
there's some sprinkles of that, but that's not really what they're doing. They conflate vaping and smoking. And the frustration here, of course, is is that it was just a week ago, Cancer Research funded a report that, that showed that up to 2 million adults in the UK could be at risk of returning to cigarettes if disposable vapes were made illegal because they're, they've been very helpful in helping people wean off cigarettes. If you care about reducing the smoking rate, then this is not the kind of policy you'd be ushering in. But this isn't really about evidence. This isn't really about good public policy making. This is a combination, I think, of, of hubris and legacy, this idea that you're going to be able to say, well, I created the smoke-free generation, despite the fact that smoking rates are at their lowest on record for young people. It's something like 1% of children now say they smoke. Ideally, we'd like that to be 0%. But, you know, one of the, the big concerns here, which is being flagged up, is you already have one in 10 cigarettes on the market, which are uh, thought to be through the black market. The fact that kids are getting access to these very powerful illegal vapes probably suggests that the black market's only going to flourish under policies like this. If you really cared about the kids... It is not obvious to me at all that you would be bringing in new laws. You'd probably be trying to reinforce ones we already have in place, which means they cannot legally vape or smoke. And it was those arguments about whether it would just fuel a black market, which could be more dangerous, which was cited when the New New Zealand government said that they were going to scrap it, the National Party. And Katie, talk us through the timing on all of this. When it comes to the vote on making the smoke-free generation, that is expected to be in February, which is, of course, very close, but a specific date is not yet known. I think we still might get more information in terms of the consultation on which tobacco products does that include? Does it extend to cigars? Does it extend to shisha? Does it extend to all products relating to tobacco? Or is it mainly cigarettes? So a few things like that we still need. I think in terms of will this be a crunch vote, you hear today reports of Tory rebels. Liz Truss has put out a statement overnight uh, in which she said a Conservative government should not be seeking to extend the nanny state. This will only give support to those who wish to ban further choices of which they don't approve. And then she said the newly elected national government in New Zealand is already reversing the generational tobacco ban and said the government needs to follow suit. Now, I think that is very unlikely. You have Rishi Sunak out this morning saying it is not unconservative to want to protect children when Liz Truss's words were put to him. And I also think it is incredibly likely it will pass in the sense it is a free vote. It means um, MPs will not be whipped. But where Streeting has already come out of the blocks, the Shadow Health Secretary, to say... Rishi, if you need those votes, we'll help you. If if your if your MPs want to be really irresponsible, Labour's there for you. So help. And also, I think at the moment, it does not seem like there's going to be a huge number of Tory MPs rebelling. Now, that could change if it looks as though the government's going to win anyway and it becomes almost a free hit. But I think there's also something which is, I've spoken to some Tory MPs who don't like it. They think it is illiberal and there are different ways to... Um, ultimately uh, try and dissuade younger people from taking up smoking, which they think don't go against these these principles of liberty. But they think they're more likely to abstain than vote against. A bit of concern in election year, how Labour might, you know, market, uh, you know, someone who had voted against it on, on literature and so forth. Because the policy, we have to say, you know, we are critiquing it in terms of, is this a slippery slope whereby you get a Labour government, which is way more nanny state Keir Starmer defending the nanny state the other week that then takes this principle and applies it to lots of other things because the Tories will say oh no we only think this on smoking so okay but other governments and right now if we look at the polls there's quite a good chance of a different government might take a different view but I think 
it does mean that it's going to be a fairly small rebellion unless people think, oh, it's going to pass anyway. We, we can have some fun with this. Yeah. And Kate, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Is that what, four or five months ago, Rishi Knight gave that big speech on Net Zero. We talked about bins and lifestyle choices and taxing meat. And yet now he's conceding the principle of government intervention on public health grounds, but refusing to allow it on environmental grounds, say, and what's to stop Labour, as we know from... What Katie said there, Kirstama's comments earlier this month, talking about how much she loves the nanny state, much more willing to expand on that principle and kind of further erode liberties. Uh, nothing's going to be stopping them. It's it's quite easy to say when you are in power, look, this is as far as we'll go. But the thing about democracy is that you're not always in power and somebody might decide that they want to go further or they might want to look at other areas, not just smoking and vaping, but alcohol, food. Certainly the Labour Party's made quite clear that they'd like to return to the nanny state on food. So, you know, really, who, who knows what's com- what comes next? Um, and I think the slippery slope argument's important, but so is just the, the fundamental principle of what you have a right to do in a free society and um, as an adult not as a child but as an adult you do have the right up to a certain point to make bad decisions what the Tory party is doing here they're not just creating precedent for more nanny state intervention and frankly this wouldn't be the first time they had done that if you look at David Cameron's sugar tax if you look at um, you know plenty of what's happened over the past 14 years the Tory party has been a real friend of the nanny state but they're also setting a new precedent that you can create two tiers of rights for adults we are going to if this policy really does last the ages we're going to live in a very weird world where a 65 year old can legally buy a packet of cigarettes and a 64 year old cannot one of the lines you're going to here over the next month or two that's going to be rolled out repeatedly by this government is that they don't want children to smoke. Nobody wants children to smoke. Children cannot legally smoke. We are not talking about whether or not a 14-year-old should have the right to smoke. We're asking when they're 24 or 64 or 84, should they have a right to choose what they do with their body? And even if you and I might not want them to do it, I mean, I would love for the next generation to go smoke free. It's a decision I want them to make, not one. I don't want to live in a world where somebody who's a couple years younger than me, uh, somebody who's a couple years younger than their peers, uh, doesn't have the same rights as I do. Katie, finally, we're also expecting the return of the Rwanda bill to Parliament today with House of Lords going to be voting on that uh, is it going to be second or third reading? Second. second. And the House of Lords voting on its second reading. Talk us through what we can expect. So I think this is really just a taster of what we're expecting in the further stages of the bill. It'd be very, very surprising if peers voted down the bill at second reading. And I think even those who would like to do that concede that it's not really going to happen. Labour peers uh, have ultimately been advised that that would not be a good plan. I think therefore the crossbench peers are probably the more dangerous ones in terms of the government. But I think from the debate today, we'll get a sense of where potential amendments are likely to go. And the question is, do peers add amendments then win support uh, at, when the bill goes back to the Commons from the One Nation Tories and so forth. You have Matt Woolman, a One Nation Tory, urging peers not to amend the bill. The alarm bell for Rishi Sunak is the fact that that treaty last week there was a vote in the Lords where peers did vote to advise to delay the Rwanda Treaty. Now, that doesn't have any teeth to it, but it does just suggest that the peers are pretty against this bill. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots.